Yes, hello folks, welcome to the weekly Beyond the Pitch Manchester United show. I'm your host as always, Phil Brown. Joined with the excellent John Ludden. No column today, Callum is on his way to New York. I've had John on the podcast, of course, before. Most of you will know who John is. So it is an absolute pleasure to have this legend on the podcast. How are you doing, John? I'm doing well, mate. Good to speak to you again. Yes, aren't you? How was your weekend? It, it was it was decent. It was decent United won. Uh, enjoyed the bo- enjoyed the boxing on Saturday night. Did too. Liverpool Liverpool getting turned over always helps, doesn't it? You know what? And uh, yeah, it was a nice weekend. Nice chill. I thought Anthony Yard did quite well. What would better be of up until uh, you get knocked out? Um, you get hurt badly with that right hand, but I'll tell you, he took it the better be of, and uh, all things being equal, mm. I think Bivol would beat him. But um, better be of a bad boy, big big hands. Um, but, he's a uh, monster. He's a monster, any mate. He's an absolute monster. Oh, he's he's a good. I didn't know that much about him to be honest, but you know, like when you just you check these guys out when there's a big fight coming. Well, I knew mm. the, the obvious, but the more I read about him, I thought, oh, rather you than me, Anthony. No, I've seen him. I've seen yeah. him in a few fights. Like, um, yeah, he's twenty fights, twenty now. It's unbelievable. Record big late heavy. Um, John, as you quite rightly elucidated there, um, Manchester United uh, life is good right now. Uh, life is really good right now. Uh, mm. United won against Reading at the weekend. It felt routine, but we should remind ourselves that United went out to a championship team in the FA Cup the mm. same round last season. Yeah. Maybe it's the biggest Phil, isn't it nice just hug? to be routine, mate? Isn't it, isn't it nice just to be routine after what we've gone through? And John, that see, you think about that. That that implies a level of trust in United. Yeah. That there's a level they're not going to fall below. And when you watched them last season, you couldn't say that. I mean, they no. had reached, they plummeted to such depths that at some some they point, fell off the cliff, a car crash. Yeah, it was a car crash. Well, it, it was a car crash. You were watching it, astonished at how bad it could get, and what Ten Hag has done. Well, what, George, you, you're a long-time United supporter. How would you compare Ten Hag to previous managers? Maybe it's a bit early to do that, but how would you compare him? I think he's, a, he's for me, he's definitely the best since Ferguson. He's on there. For, he's he's just gone in there and he's just took he's just took it over. He, he's not taking no crap, is he? And he won't let them like you say this like he won't let them fall below that way. The few times he's done it this season, he's hammered him, hasn't he? He's hammered him. I mean, players after the we said before, haven't we? The players after the McGrath, uh, Harris, our Harry at that, we never seen him did we for about three months after the opening couple of games. You know. I just think he's what he's. I say he won't take any crap. For it. He's got a way of playing, and and if if he does, it's all about concentration. I mean, you saw him go mad about the one goal we let in the other night. I just think he's a real breath of fresh air, and I, I think we're lucky to get him. I think we're lucky to have him. I just wish the board had bloody give him a few quid. He, just uh, get the feeling, you know, if you get a couple of injuries in the middle there. I'm not sure we're strong enough for the second part of the season because we've got some big games. I think the guy at Leicester would be a cracky buy, you know, Taylorman. Yeah. I think, John, when I look at someone like Taylorman's, right, let's say you could get him for 10 million. I know United's predicament yeah. at the moment is really bad. I mean, it was listening to a talk at Devils podcast 
and Andy Mitten was saying they're losing two million a week, which is just incredible, right? I mean, you extrapolate that over a year, that's 104 million a year, right? I mean, that from a football club that was once the example to the rest of the football world on how to run a business and how to turn mm. up, turn turn your, uh, you, you you know your brand into money. It's just an absolute disgrace that they're in this situation, and we can talk about that. But surely they could find ten million for Telemans. I'm I, I, I'm certain that the banks would lend United that money on the confidence that the club's going to get bought anyway, and they'll get that money back. Do you know? I don't like to say this, mate, but maybe they're not that confident that the club's going that they're going to sell it. Well, because he's talking to guys from Crystal Palace coming in, aren't they? Well, you know, here's coming the thing. On, well, I hope I hope it's the wall. The crap. I hope that's not true, but I just won't put anything past this lot. Here's the thing, John. Right, and I've covered this in the podcast last week. If you go to the market and ask to mm. borrow money for new investment in the business maybe you're investing in new technologies maybe you're investing in the development of other products r d whatever usually if you're a successful business the market will lend you that money but the clues are going to borrow money because they run a business under the ground and you don't get that money unless you make major changes to how you run your business Otherwise, you're going to yeah. find yourself in exactly the same situation years from now. And people who give you money want to return on that. There's also the issue with the siblings. You know, what's in it for the siblings? So if the siblings dilute the ownership, they have to reinvest that money back into Manchester United. The Glazers don't want to do that. So, no. so I don't see any potential of anyone giving them investment without major restructuring of how that football club was run. Removing the Glazers as the sole arbiters of everything. and, and That's got to happen, hasn't it, mate? That really has to be God. But, but I, really I just don't God. see them doing that. I, I can see it happening at Liverpool because I don't think FSG ran Liverpool into the ground. Right? I also think Liverpool got lucky with Klopp. Very much so. You know, over the last few, honest to God, I think, yeah. But so did United. Yeah, maybe they've looked at him and thought, you know, they've got the same thing. They can do it on the cheap. Or not do it on the cheap, but do it without spending, you know, crazy money again. I hope not. Ten Hag needs a midfielder, John. And the sad part about it is the football club on the field is in the best health it's been in. And, you know, probably since Ferguson, you would have to say. Yet off the field... The club's they feel huge. good. They, they feel good feelings back as well, innit? It's not just the wins; it's entertainment. You, you know, yeah, I remember right. under Solskjaer, John. There were some high moments. Don't get me wrong, but United were very reactionary. I mean, remember that mm. uh, statistic where they'd come from behind in something like twenty games to win? I mean, oh, we saw yeah. that a lot. Yeah. They were very reactionary. They were very, they, uh, and 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 I they think were, that was more down to players, wasn't it? Yeah. just not enough. You know, but this United are dominating games, yeah, and they're not surrendering games either. No, no, uh, there's something about do you know basically what I think it is, mate? I think we've just got better players better than players. what we've had. I think, do you know, when it just 
when you just try and basically just nail it down, we've got better players. I think we've got better we've players. We've had the last couple of years. There's no question. And a better coach. And a better coach, obviously. Yes. And there's no question. Because we've seen the contrast of when Casemiro and Martinez doesn't play or players like that. What you get to see a bit of United from previous seasons, from last season, and the drop off is it's horrible. It's like flashbacks, isn't it, mate? Which, I mean, even against know, Charlton, the drop off is incredible. Yeah. When, yeah. when Casemiro and Ericsson were on the bench, there was mm. no creativity in the team. And then you saw it a bit against Arsenal, whenever Fred McTominay were on, is that the, the drop off is massive. It's going to take Ten Hag some time to fix that because the second. I think the last twenty minutes, the last twenty minutes at Arsenal as well. You know, you looked at that United lineup, and Old Keane come out and said it. Well, that was that was Solskjaer's team basically the last twenty odd yeah. minutes. You know, they were, when they were trying to hang on, and I know we were close, and I thought we. Oh, I, people go on about Arsenal. I think Arsenal are a decent side, but I don't think that the, this what people are going on about. I think they can be got at. I think it was just we were we nearly did it that day, didn't we? But don't convince me in the same way City did, or even Liverpool no. did when they were chasing league titles, where they seemed relentless. They seemed almost unbeatable. Uh, I don't get that sense. You keep waiting for him just to go, just to lose one, and you're thinking, hang on, Christmas is gone. We're coming into January, mm-hmm. they just beat us. They've got some big games coming up, haven't they? They've got the two against City, and that should see where they are. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And that's, uh, it's going to be... It's gonna... Look, I, I, I'm like you. I keep waiting on them losing, and then going on a losing run. But the teams behind them are not relentlessly pursuing them, and that's another yeah. issue as well. Um one of the things I was hoping to see at the weekend was the appearance of Jaden Sancho. Um, yeah. Another, another game for him that's very important. Um, against Forest, where maybe that would be the game to play him. Um, if he doesn't play against Forest, would you be worried about you him? You worry, don't you? What's going on with him? So, do you any idea? Is it? It's not a physical thing, is it? It's yeah. just been pulled out because he's... I don't know whether he can handle it or it's too big for him. You know? Yeah, I, I think... He, don't, he doesn't seem like the kid who's got a bad attitude, does he? He doesn't seem that tight. No, he doesn't. And I, and I think when you're looking at people like Riceford, who were talking about being in a completely different headspace than what they were last season. He was... Oh, Riceford yeah, is didn't alone now. Oh, didn't Yeah. They're, so I think for Jaden Sancho, and I'm not going to speculate, uh, Jaden Sancho is entitled to medical privacy. You know, in, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I just want to see the best version of him back uh, with Alanga. I think he's a player there, and he felt he's definitely course, a player there. His status, I think, will very much determine whether United loan Alanga out. But if he doesn't play against Forest, would you be concerned yeah. about him? He's not going to get a better game to come back, is he? You know, he's. I, I, I think the transfer. I thought maybe he might. They might have sent him back to Germany on loan or something, but they've run out of time, haven't they? Really. I just, I just think with his coach, I think he's got inside Rashford's head. He's got inside Luke Shaw's head. He's got inside Wambazaka's head. You know, maybe he's just doing his, just working on this kid. 
because what he's done so far with some of these players is ridiculous. I mean, I was watching Juan Bazaka a couple of weeks ago. It's like, do you remember the Brazilian goal in 1970? The Carlos Alberto. One of the most beautiful goals I've ever seen. Yeah, well, do you remember at the beginning where it starts with Claudio Aldo when he beats about five players in his own ass? Yes. Well, that was Juan Bazaka. So where are you going? So who's this kid? But, you know, he is, he's working wonders with, with, with these players. I think he's brilliant. And I think he'll get there. I personally, I think he'll sort Sancho I hope he sorts Sancho out because I definitely know the, oh, the kids are all right first, but there's definitely a player there. Oh, there's definitely a player, John. I mean, there's no question about that. The question, I, I think Sancho has a bit of an identity crisis in the sense that he's not a typical winger. He's not someone that's yeah. going to beat you for pace in the way Garnacho would, or he's going to hug a sideline and hug a, and, and he's someone that is a old-fashioned winger. Sancho's very technical. And I think he's yeah. very good playing in deep. He's a modern type of forward, isn't he? Almost like a ma- like a like like a, a ten that can play in those holes in between the mm. attack, the midfield, and defence. And I think um, he's very good in that space. The the question is, will Ten Hag want that type of player? I mean, when I watched him against Chelsea, he looked to be in a different world. You know, he looked he looked yeah. to be where a football pitch was the last place in the world he wanted to be. Um, and I trust Ten Hag will get him right, though. I think last season, though, mate, I mean, that was probably one of the worst seasons I can ever remember being <laughs> yep. in the United States. Yep. It, was, it was literally, it was pain, it was torture, wasn't it, some of the games? It it literally was. It was just out of this world. And I know people love Solskjaer and for what he did in the past, and I know he did a few, you know, he got a lot of stick, not all of it deserved, but some of those games where the players just just threw it in, you know, it was just and you could guarantee within the first couple of minutes that we was going to lose a goal, couldn't you? With Maguire and Lindelof at the back, you knew something was going to happen. So you've got the crowd getting at him, and Sancho come into that. And at the end of the day, we paid a lot of money for him, didn't we? But he's just the kid. Because Rashford went down, didn't he? Rashford just mm-hmm. disappeared, God knows where. And Martial was was just a waste of time. It's just, I don't know. I I, I think he's going to be. I hope he's going to be okay anyway. Because if we get him right, you know, there's like you say, there's an hundred thousand, hundred million pound player. He's too young to give up on, and he is, in my opinion, you know, before before they broke for the World Cup, or sorry, before the 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 Queen's passing. And football broke for a couple of weeks. He's actually playing really, really well. Uh, he, he was doing quite good. You know, he scored a couple of goals. Scored against Liverpool. Scored against Leicester. I can't remember who the other team was he scored against. But he was actually doing quite well. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I just. Late goal against Liverpool, wasn't it? It's when yeah, he posted track. Yeah, he, he, really, yeah. he scored against Leicester away. He, I can't remember who the other team was he scored against. But um, but he was playing quite well. So mm-hmm. um. We will see what happens there. Uh, what? Who else do you want to see against Forest? Who else in the team do you want to see play? Do you know what? I've I've been so burnt by this lot over the last couple of years. I wouldn't mess about me. You know, I just wouldn't mess about. I've got practically full strength team out. Just get another one just to be on the safe side. Because it just. If he sticks in Maguire and Lindelof and we lose a goal in the first 20 minutes and Maguire starts all his pointing, 
And, uh, oh, I don't know. I, 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 I can't just see a Ten Hag team I don't think they're good enough. I don't think they're good enough to drop that many players, mate, against anybody. Not I, to have a, to give us a, a bit of a funny old night. I, I, I think, John, I'm beginning to trust, like I was saying earlier in this podcast, there's yeah. a level that I don't think United are going to fall through anymore. I don't believe United will ever turn in anything that resembles the performances that we saw last season. Uh, I also think that one of the things that Ten Hag has done is the players that are on their fringes, you know, he's made sure they know that no one has a guaranteed place in the team. So they genuinely yeah. believe with a good performance they can get in the team. So it's really, yeah. really important he gets to evaluate the depth of the squad properly um, by, okay, how does Kobe Manu look at starting the game? Garnacho, Palestri, you know, how do these players look starting games? No. At least he's an interesting one, isn't he, mate? Yeah. He's starting to slow. He, he really is on that right-hand side. There's a great opportunity. I mean, for we're, we're, blessed, we're blessed with wingers, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I, mean, I would like to see those that, that uh, those players get in the game. I'd like to see some mm. of the better young players. And if, if you need to get in a bit of a trouble... Even at 1-0, you're under caution. You can still make changes, in my opinion, in that yeah. game where you could save it if you brought on better players. And with the the, the with the schedule you needed to have, I think resting players is going to be really important. I think Barcelona's coming up, aren't they, mate, this week? Barcelona's a couple of weeks away. The Barcelona, the Palace doubleheader against Leeds... Uh, then, so yeah. yeah, so the Forest then Palace double header against Leeds then Barcelona, so um, so and that Barcelona home game away game comes February eighteenth, so between I mean basically eighteen days you've got Forest Palace double header against Leeds, you know four oh. games in eighteen days that's a lot. Do you remember the 1990s double header against Leeds? Yeah, I do. Very much so. Well, they were good. 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 I Nervous. I actually remember how nervous I felt in those games. Because Leeds were flying at the time. I could never too. I just missed the Leeds kind of rivalry, you know, with United in the 70s. So I come in, I couldn't really get those a little bit older than when it was, when it was just us and them in the early 90s. I thought, well, I know we don't like him. And then they come to Old Trafford. And I thought, what this? And then you've got our United fan, you know, with your cardboard cut-out sheeps in the case stand and all this business. And it was absolute mayhem. Absolute mayhem. Yeah, yeah, I remember being at Ellen Road when Sharp went through in the last yeah. minute and it just all turned down in the crowd. And, we, we know and it was nil shuffle in the corner. <laughs> and then it just calmed down. I thought, oh, you know, the police have sorted it out. And he did that. And it was absolutely kicked the event, absolutely potter. Oh, it was, 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 it uh, was uh, oh, yeah, then you see the the proper rivalry, you know, the Pennines. Yeah. One of the Roses. They never got over losing it, mate. And then Cantona, I don't think it's... Uh, oh, mate, Cantona was the worst for them because Cantona... You know, he, I, I, was, I think he was important for them winning the title, but I think what United really threw that title away in 81, partly because they had to play four games in seven days. Oh, which was just totally ridiculous at the end of the season. And, um, you know, I'll never forget that 1-0 away to West Ham when Kenny Brown scored. You know, where really that was when the league was lost. Devastated. Absolutely heartbreaking. 
I remember the Bank Holiday Monday as well. I think it was Forest at home we got beat 2-1. Yeah. And then I think on the Wednesday was the West Ham game, wasn't it? Yeah, they were yeah, and we, just finished. And we were kind of still in it on the last day by, with a long shout, weren't we, at Liverpool? Yeah. And they were just waiting for us. Yeah, I know. I was uh, weird to end that title. But, uh... but I think, though, mate, you have to go through stuff like that to really enjoy it. 100%. When it actually happens, you know, the year after. Like we lost it then, and then it, I think it just made it more sweet the year after when we finally won it. Year after, which is like when, if we do win anything, yeah, we've really got to enjoy it because I think we've learned our lesson. You know, the years go by, don't we? Don't you take nothing for granted, and uh, I think no. you know this is partly why you know what we see going on with Ten Hag right now, and when he's doing it United. I mean, we talk about the pressure managers are under. What if Ten Hag had got the signings wrong? What if United were sitting in the same position they were in last season? They don't have the money anymore to fix the problem. No. I mean, there, this really was it, the last financial thing of the days. They'd be calling for his head now. It's, a diff- it's just a different world, isn't it? It's a different setup. You do all this crap about five-year plans and all this. Nobody gets five years. Nobody gets four years. You get 18 months, whoever you are. And you either do it, show you doing it, or you're out the door. And you know it's the same, aren't it? Exactly, mate. Sorry, yeah, I put something in right there. <laughs> um, well, well, I mean, but but never, but he said that when he came in, John. He he was asked about that, and he goes, "Yes, if I plan for the long term." He goes, "But I have to plan for the immediate right now too. There's no, yeah. you, you can only get, you can only realize your long term ambitions if you're winning in the present moment. You're not going to win the league." But you what need Ferg, to show what, what Ferguson had to do. Well, what Fergie had to do to get that time, and he was even after him, wasn't he, in 2005 when things were turning and the, the early days. It's like me saying to a publisher, he says, I might do a few crap books in the first year, but do you wait till that fifth year? I'll get you an Harry Potter. You know what I mean? It just, <laughs> it just doesn't work like that anymore, does it? Nope. Football, nobody's got time. Well, especially with social media, John, because social media um, heightens the pressure on everybody because it makes fans discontent very visible to clubs. And so, you know, the pressure that sponsors get put on there and everyone else, it's no longer just yeah. moaning down the pub. Now, you know, all that oh, is visible yeah. and clubs feel that it's pressure. All I mean, you'd be fed up. Say we, United kicks off at 3 o'clock in the sun. You have a pint before, then you go in, we get beat. You have a moan in the pub afterwards. Life goes on. Yeah. Not anymore, does it? You know, the post-match thing goes on to about Wednesday, doesn't it, on <laughs> Twitter? Well, speaking uh, of... I've, I've got mates of mine who are Liverpool fans now, and I thought, welcome to the party, lads. What did you... Know, you, like, you think, what did you make of that Liverpool tackle yesterday? If it being you and Evan Ferguson. I thought, I thought the two, two of them were sending off, at least. The other one, I, I, it was it was close, but uh, it was diabolical, so. How is the referee looked at that and said it's not a sending off? Mate, they must have had Ken Dodd in the VAR if he's still alive. I've never seen that was unbelievable. Could you imagine a United player doing that? Here's the thing, John. Could you I understand. Yes, I understand as fans we talk about rivalries and we're biased and everything else and we talk about con- mm-hmm. corruption and everything. But referees leave themselves wide open when they make decisions like this. When you make the decision like the Salah decision two weeks ago, and then you dish allow Riceford at the weekend, what 
I don't I, understand. I, I mean, there's just there's I, no I couldn't say that, mate. That was another one. I'm not being biased with that. I just couldn't say it. I just couldn't see how that was offside. Was it offside? Did he give offside for the rest of but the But even if he gave it offside, but even if fake horse is offside, right? Even if that's true, right? <clears throat> Which he may be. Mm-hmm. One, the ball wasn't played to him. Two, if he's offside, he gets it second phase of play after it gets deflected off a defender. This is exactly what they decided to get for Mo Salah. And, you know, yeah. and, and just in a round pre- previous, and of course, the media, you know, who treated that goal at Manchester City like it was the Queen's death and gave it that much coverage, have not said a so word about I'm Fabinho. surprised we, we didn't get blamed for her going. I notice Danny Murphy's very quiet. I notice Gabby Abonlahor's very quiet. Notice all these people that you know. I don't. Yeah, I I can't do talk sport anymore. It's a shame because there's still a few good shows on. But honest to God, mate, that reaction to the Rashford goal—I couldn't believe it. I don't know. It was up there with like the JFK. In the mainland, in United conspiracy facts, we were back. You know, we, we run the FA, though we've not run the league for 10 years. I said after that game that United would be coming out of the woodwork, didn't they? It was unbelievable. Well, I said after that game that United wouldn't get another decision for months. And yeah. I've been proved that. Yeah. Not just the McTominay situation, by the way. The Mateta elbow on the Sandra Martinez, right? Oh. Which... And then yeah. again, at the weekend, you have Andy Carroll two-footing Christian Eriksen. How is it? He should have been sent off long before he was. It, it, it's oh, ridiculous. Well, like you said, I think we had an idea if it was coming after the derby, didn't we? We wasn't going to get it. I think you'd have to machine gun one of our players, and then you'd probably get a yellow at the moment, the way things are going. I think this will carry on. It's, it'll just, And then it'll just, we'll get a penalty and it'll all start again, won't it? But... I'll tell you what, if we own the league in the end, Christ. United have had one penalty this season? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that doesn't get talked about. Um, let me ask you, you, who who do you want in the FA Cup? I'm Gabby old. I just want an easy run. <laughs> I just want to get there. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I don't, you know, Rex or anybody... I'm not into this. Oh, let's have a cracking game against City and get a full house and all that. No leaving. Let them get knocked out by somebody else. Let's just let's just get a trophy on the board. I completely agree. Ten you Hag, know. United are the only Premier League team in all four competitions. Ten Hag just broke the record of the most consecutive cup wins. Now, okay, it's not mm-hmm. a massive stat, but it's an indication of just... We we, we we used to talk about this under Solskjaer about how important it was to have consistency in these cup competitions to win one of them and get over that line. Um, I think... Uh, Do you know, it's amazing how, how many semi-finals all they got us to, you know. Exactly, and that's why you can't take what happened against Forrest for granted. That's why, you know, in the FA Cup... I mean, I remember Solskjaer rotating against Chelsea in the cup semi-final and losing it. And he got yeah. slaughtered for it. Right? Yeah. Why did you rotate? And I think he rotated because he had the Europa League final coming up. I can't remember. Um, but 
you know, so I think Ten Hag picking a strong team in the first leg against Forest made a lot of sense. He knows, though, doesn't he, Phil? He knows he needs to win a trophy. Because mm-hmm. suddenly the pressure... How many good managers, great great managers, they've started by winning the League Cup? I mean, Mourinho and Chelsea went all out for the League Cup, did they? I think Guardiola did. But once, once you get that first trophy, it does tend to just push him on. Yeah. But I just think, like you say, I just want to... Want Southampton in the final in the League Cup, and hopefully Wrexham in the final in the FA. That'll do me. That would do me. That'll too. do me. That would do me too. <laughs> I, I am, I'm a shame, John. That's not, I have no shame with celebrating the trophy. We've nearly got lucky draws because so many times, even in the FA Cup, I'm sick and tired of getting Premier League teams in the FA Cup. You need to never. We just know they're somewhere down the line. West Ham are going to turn up because anytime United win something, there's always a West Ham in there. Okay, Mama, let me ask you about the man of the moment, Mr. Casemiro. How does he rate in your eyes with previous greats of Manchester United in the midfield? Wow. You mean like with, with Kane, Robson, How, alongside that? I think he has to put him in that bracket. Look what he's won. Yeah. Yeah, and we we're seeing now a Casemiro who suddenly someone's shackles off, and he, we see him, we see what he can do. I mean, at Madrid, he he was brilliant what he did. His defensive duties, because you look who he was giving the ball to. But now he's, I think, he's just off the. He's not saying he's off the leash, but he's he's showing more. He's being allowed to play more forward into than what he was at Madrid. He didn't need to step into. The other half when he was at the Bernabeu, I would be, they had enough to do it. Whereas what we're seeing is a fully more all-rounded player. I definitely, not just because of what I've seen in the him at United, but when you look at you look at what he did at Real Madrid, he's got to be up there with Robson. He's got to be up there with Keane. He's absolutely you know, He's a magnificent footballer. He really is, and he never panics. Do you know when he could be an earthquake? Going on in Old Trafford, and he just, he just, he'd find his man. I just think he's a brilliant footballer. He is technically almost flawless, but another thing that I like about his game that he has no problems mixing it up, no problems putting a bit, a bit of muscle oh, in. Oh, yeah. And, and as you yeah. know, John, those South American leagues, they're battle grunts, right? Uh, You're not playing in Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, players, places like that, Colombia, unless you've got a certain well, look, steel look team. Look at the tackle he got done for at, at Palace, Phil. I mean, he took the guy out from halfway. <laughs> his chest, didn't he? I mean, he wrapped his leg in his waist. <laughs> it was, it was a, I mean, that was Fernandez's fault, wasn't it? It was a bad ball, but it, mm-hmm. that's how much it means to him to win. Because these, these guys have been playing, like you say, them leagues in Brazil and then, what they have to, how they have to fight to get where they are because there's millions of kids who take the place, won't they, if they have the, the opportunity. So they just got, like we were saying the other day about the Mexican fighters, if you're a Brazilian midfielder and you want to go all the way, you've got to have everything, haven't you? Everything, mate. In your game. The levels you have to go through before you get to the top. And Maybe um, our Fred is a little bit of an exception, but everybody... But you know, I, you know, I think actually Fred, if you know his limitations, you know what he's good at, he gives yeah. you something. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I think that in the last year or two, I mean, certainly since Ten Hag has come in, 
we saw it a bit under Solskjaer, where Solskjaer, I remember Solskjaer, I think it was Solskjaer against Spurs, when United beat Spurs 2-0, Fred was exceptional in that game, absolutely exceptional. Yeah. And, I uh, think when you play him with Max Phil, the, the drop-off is just incredible, and there's not a lot he, he can really do about it. You know, the two of them, I don't just mean, but I think when you're playing him with a Casemiro, and you're playing him with Fernandes, and players like that, it's like what he does for Brazil, don't he? He don't do anything when he does play, he just plays it and gives it, and is it, do you know, I think if you tell Fred to do a job, I'd say, you know, send him out wired like to do a man marking job. I think you've got a good player. I think you've got a decent mm-hmm. player. Well, they're certainly a decent squad player. I completely agree with that. Um, you mentioned Fernandez there. Today is the third anniversary of his signing. Uh, how would you read his time at United out of 10? I'd. I think, well, he's obviously come, for Trophies, he's come at a bad time, hasn't he? Because he's probably come the worst time in, since what? The 70s, the three years since he's dropped off. Mm-hmm. But he scored the goals, mate. I mean, at times he's the most frustrating player to watch, you know, with these passes and then the misses sometimes. But you look at his record since he's come, and it, it's fantastic the amount of goals he scored, the amount of games he's played. And I, th- I think he's another one that Eric is. He'll get into his head, you know. Just play, play your technical game. Don't try and think you, Stefano, we crazy passes and stuff. Just play your game. Looks to get in the box. I, I think he's been a, a cracking signing. I really do. I think he's been top class. Yeah, look, he's, yeah. A, he's a niggly bugger as well, isn't he? I like that about him. You know, you need someone like that on the pitch. You have to remember, when Fernandez signed, United were closer to the relegation zone than the top top four. As mm. soon as they signed him, they went on that run. Where, He's going every week. And then they, they finished top four by beating Leicester in the last game of the season, which looked utterly impossible. He took United yeah. from a team that was one-dimensional, where it was a counter-attacking team where they couldn't dominate possession to a team that had some tactical flexibility. His numbers, his stats, his, his goals, absolutely unbelievable. At a time when yeah. signings were consistently not working out, I think that um, I would have loved to have seen Bruno in some of the best United teams. I think he, he is a magnificent player and we're so lucky to have him. Mm. Oh, if it's, if it, I think Tanar's going to do a fantastic job with him, mate. I think... If we're going to win anything, it's going to be down to him, I think. He's he's going to be the catalyst for it. Because he trusts him as well, doesn't he? You know, he leaves him on even when he's getting niggly. That's, I think he's uh, I think he's a tonight type of player as well. And uh, I do love some of the language that him and him and Anthony share in Portuguese. <laughs> Put to the villa. Uh... Uh, I, I can't. <laughs> I know he gets a lot of stick, Anthony. I'm not seeing it's like my left foot in it with Daniel Lewis sometimes with him the way he carries on. <laughs> but he's, he's he's got something. He, Do you know what I mean? It, I, 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 I can't write him I mean, off yet, John. No, I'm not writing him off. I yeah. think he's gonna be I think he's gonna be a good player, mate. Do you know what reminds me of? The uh, the Dutch winger. He always he, he was a belting player, but he he, always, he, he dived Robin? against us when he was. Sorry, mate. You talking about Aaron Robin? That's it. He reminds me a bit of Robin. 
Yeah. All, all left foot. But he's... I don't know what he's... I'm, surely someone must say to him, you know, in training. Because the amount of times he cuts back, and it's like... But I, I do think as a player there, if, if, the thing is, if he's not that good with your right foot, you work on it. Would, yeah. There's no excuse not to be out. Gigs, how many years? How many years? Gigs not use his right foot. Now, there's loads of players that are one-footed. That's not, you know, yeah. it's not 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 terminal to his. You know, you can see him tra- definitely trying. He had a couple of chances with his right foot the weekend that he, you know, after the bar, I could see he's definitely trying. I think in some sense he's trying too hard. Uh, desperately yeah. wants to be successful. He's got I, something about him anyway. He's got yeah. a little bit of an attitude, which again is good. You need it to play for United because you're going to get crap if you haven't got an attitude. So if you've got an attitude, it helps. Well, I'll tell you what, John. I, I, a year ago, I would have loved to criticise the United player for trying too hard. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you about Mr. Alanga because it would appear that he will possibly go out on loan. A uh, number of clubs interested in him. What do you think of young Alanga? Do you think he's good enough? I I think last well, time we spoke, mate, I think we both said then he's he's, he's going to Everton. He's, he'll he'll end up at a club like Everton, I think. Mm. I just don't think there's a proper United player there. I think it's just player. But you know, like I know Lingard, the oldest kid in history. What was he? Twenty eight when they signed him. Oldest kid in history. <laughs> but he's. I don't mean in attitude he's like that fella, but I just don't think he's got, you know, he's just not got, like, you look at your Ganachos mm-hmm. and even Palestri coming through now and your Rashfords, and I just think they'll see him out of the door. It's a shame because he's a, when he when he does play, the kid gives everything, doesn't he? But I just don't think yeah. he'll, he'll, he'll stay at United. Yeah, he so we've, had a lot, we've had a lot of these players, haven't we, mate? And normally they come back in Arnold's a couple of years, like uh, I, getting the odd goal. But I don't think he'll stay. I don't think he'll be with I thought he long. was one of the few bright sparks uh, towards the end of last season. Um, he, was, he was the bright spark because he ran about. Yeah, but I think, like, I can't remember the last time he really impressed me. And no. at United, you don't get perpetual chances. Um, John, I want to finish this up by asking you about Jim Ratcliffe because um, Jim has let his interest be known in buying Manchester United. If you could pick an owner from Manchester United, who would you pick? Do you trust Jim Ratcliffe? I'm not saying I don't trust him. I just... I mean, this sounds crazy, mate, and I've heard lots of people say he's only got 15 billion. Do you know what I mean? If, I think if he comes in, there'll be people with him. Because you're going to need 5 million quid to pay the debt off. Five, it's going to be 5 mm. billion, isn't it, to pay yeah. the debt off? And then how, how much more on Old Trafford, how much on Carrington? You've got your players. And once he gets that sorted, the club, and we're doing well on the pitch, the club pays for itself, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You get your money back. You get your money back in time, but I, I honestly, like me and you both, you said in what you said in the beginning, you know more than me. I think it'll end up with someone from the Middle East. I think so too. You concerned? Did, Maybe he's trying to pull, you know, get him to move it along because he's a United fan. But 
Well, I think it, the way the Arabs work, oh, mate, we've seen it, we sit there, you know nothing what's going on. And then there'll be a report in an Arab newspaper and something, and next minute, bang, they bought the club. Yeah. Got it. It happens overnight, doesn't it? You hear rumours and then bang, the money goes down because they just think they're not. Four billion quid for someone like Qatar and Dubai. I mean, I'm not saying it's a decent weekend because it is a decent weekend, but mm-hmm. it's not a massive outlay, is it? When you think on your own across no. the world, like. Well, certainly not. Um, but they're not stupid people. I mean, they're not going to massively mm-hmm. pay for an asset that's undervalued. Do you know what, mate? I think you have to look at the Saudi side as well because, like, they're going for Newcastle and you look at the... I mean, it's sheer hatred, isn't it, really, with the Qataris and the Saudis. So what better way to take them on than in the Premiership? Yeah, I completely agree. And, and they've had, had a taste of what football can do with the World Cup. You know, if uh, they get all yeah. the United, the biggest club in the world. No, there's no doubt. The... the um... The, uh... Might be picking our throats a bit, mate, but I think the times come where you just got to separate what goes on on the pitch and what what goes on off it. Well, me, fans have had it yet now for a long, long time. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's unfortunately this is the way of the world. Unfortunately. What well, do you think, Phil? Do you think it'll be come from the Middle East? I think it will. Yeah, I think that's most likely. Um, you know, depends who you talk to will tell you that Jim Ratcliffe came out and went public in the hope to bring other people into his consortium yeah. that would help, you know, fund this football club. Uh, I don't know if that's the case, but I also think... I mean, we can rule out people perfect. like the Chinese and the Russians now, can't we? They've gone. It's not going to be Chinese money. It's not going to be Russian money. And do we really want Americans in? Because then it gets, you know, we could end up back where we started, couldn't we? Well, and this so thing, like, it's um, a small list, isn't it? It's a small list. That is, that is the issue. I don't think there's going to be anyone perfect, but we shall see. But no. uh, John, as always, mate, thank what you very much you, for taking time to do this. What What's about it? you? Don't you fancy it? You've got a few quid. No, we're going to. Well, I'm sitting here at counterfeit cash. Don't, no, uh, uh, if you can buy with counterfeit money, oh. then I'm in. I'll set my empties back from over Christmas, Dave. That'll get, <laughs> kick off. You've still got your communion checks on that bed, John. <laughs> <laughs> right. Didn't well, hear that, honestly. <laughs> Man, well, I'll leave it here because I'm going to let you run. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time to do this. As always, don't forget to follow my friend at John Ludden, right? Brilliant author. Uh, someone who's done yeah, some fantastic no, books. So. Give us guy a follow. Appreciate that. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. John, all the best, mate. See ya. All the best, Paul. Speak.